Welcome to Perimenopology, where we explore and converse about what it means to transition out of the young, hot, fertile, and fuckable box that our society labels as most worthy when you're socialized as a woman. Around here, we're all about body literacy and talking about the topics the society tells us are unimportant or inappropriate. I'm Michelle Kapler, reproductive acupuncturist, Chinese medicine practitioner, and master feminist life coach, and you've got episode number 21. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Perimenopology. Before we get into today's episode, I want to make a quick announcement. This episode is brought to you by my upcoming free online class called What to Expect in Perimenopause, Menopause, and Beyond. If you've ever asked yourself the question, is this symptom perimenopause or is this something else, then this class is for you. If you've ever thought, I know menopause is a thing and I know I'm coming up to that age, but I have no idea what's going to happen and what to look out for, this class is for you. If you've been noticing some slight changes in your body that you think might have to do with hormone changes, but you're not really sure, this class is for you. And if you're in perimenopause or menopause, but simply want to gain a better understanding of exactly what's going on with your hormones and your body, this class is for you. I'm doing this class because I believe that people of all genders, but especially women and people who cycle and menstruate, deserve to know exactly how their bodies work and exactly what's normal and not normal. Because greater body literacy means that we can better advocate for ourselves from our healthcare providers and from the people in our lives. It also helps us know when something is not normal or not healthy, so we can ask for medical care that we need to feel better or maybe just get some relief. Please join me on Tuesday, April 4th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Zoom. This class is free, and yes, there will be a replay after. I do want to encourage you to attend live because I'll be answering questions and offering coaching to anybody who wants it at the end of the class, and it's only available to those who attend live. You must be registered in advance to attend. To reserve your free spot, head to michellecapler.com forward slash expect. That's michellecapler.com forward slash E-X-P-E-C-T. And if you're listening in the future and the class is passed, you can still head to the same link to sign up to get access to the recording. Again, that's michellecapler.com forward slash expect. And that link will be in the show notes so you can find it easily. So today, I want to talk about making decisions. This is a topic of conversation that comes up multiple times a day, both in clinical practice and with my coaching clients, because when it comes to our reproductive health, our medical processes, and our lives in general, we're really just making a series of decisions over and over again and hoping those decisions will result in the best outcome. And sometimes, well, a lot of the time, actually, these decisions can feel heavy. They can feel pressure-filled. And there can be many uncomfortable thoughts and feelings that come up when you're making a big decision. So I'm going to walk you through the decision-making process that I use to help my patients and clients make decisions. And I want to do this through the lens of using a medical or health decision as an example. But know that this process can apply to any decision in life. Before I get into specific examples and steps, I want to zoom out a little bit and talk about this with some more broad strokes for a moment. When it comes to making decisions, the pressure that we feel comes from this idea that there's a correct decision and an incorrect decision, and all we have to do is figure out the correct option and choose it. We just have to gather enough information or gather enough opinions or talk to enough people, and then we just choose the right option. 
but this idea is actually a thought error. And this is because a decision isn't tough or complicated if the answer is obvious. There are many decisions in life that are pretty straightforward because the answer is just a given. So to give you a medical example, if you have a urinary tract infection and your doctor recommends antibiotics because it's been diagnosed and confirmed as it's bacterial in nature, and you're in a lot of discomfort, you're going to need some meds. So let's say there were two antibiotics that they can potentially prescribe to get rid of the infection, but you are allergic to one of them it's pretty obvious that you're going to go with the one that you're not allergic to. It's a pretty obvious choice. But the choices in life that we call difficult choices are the ones where there are multiple options and those options are often equally appealing or unappealing. Both options will include positives and negatives and both options have the potential to get you the outcome that you're looking for. And at the end of the day, There really is no amount of information that you can gather to know which choice is the best because if that were possible, it wouldn't be a tough decision. And you just have to do the best you can with the knowledge that you have at the time because no one makes quote unquote bad decisions on purpose in these scenarios. We're all just doing the best that we can. And what we are truly afraid of, other than the bad outcome, of course, is that if we take one path and get an outcome that we don't want, we'll be awful to ourselves and use the information that we only gained in the hindsight to beat ourselves up and make ourselves wrong. So for this episode, as I'm talking about this process, I want you to just consider the idea that you can't actually make an incorrect decision. Now, you don't have to fully believe me on this one right now. I just want you to keep the idea in the back of your mind as a guide while I'm taking you through this decision-making process that I use to help my clinical patients and coaching clients make tough decisions for themselves. So the idea of today is that you can't actually make a wrong decision. Okay, so now that we have that in the back of our minds, I want to take you through a series of questions that you can ask yourself to get more clarity during your decision-making process. And as we go through, I'll use an example of making a decision on which treatment option to go with for addressing hot flashes and perimenopause. But again, this framework can apply to any tough decision you're making for your health or in your life in general. When using this decision-making framework, I highly recommend writing this down or typing if you prefer not to write. There are even some excellent free apps that are voice dictated and will translate into written text that you can review. The reason why I like to recommend getting things down on paper or on a screen is that it can be helpful to review your answers after you've gone through all of the questions. The next bit of guidance that I'd like to give before I get into the actual questions is that I want you to try to renounce perfectionism for this exercise. Look at this as a first draft. Give yourself permission to let it be a little bit messy or a lot messy. This isn't a test. You're not going to get a scorecard for your skills in answering these questions. Know that this messy stage is part of the process of sorting out the jumble in your brain. Okay, so with those things said, let's get into the questions that can help you get some clarity when making a tough decision. Again, I'm going to use the example of making a decision for how to move forward with treating your perimenopausal hot flashes. For ease of explanation, I'm going to use two potential choices, though there are obviously way more out there, and what's available and preferable to you will be highly individual. 
And before I dive into this example, I want to give my usual disclaimer that this podcast and this episode are for informational and educational purposes only, are not meant to replace consultation and treatment with a qualified healthcare provider, and do not indicate the formation of a provider-patient relationship. So for this exercise, I want you to get your pen or your laptop or your recording device. And at the top of the page, you're going to write down a goal or an outcome that you would like to reach as a result of taking yourself through these questions. For our example, I would write down, decide on a course of treatment for my hot flashes for the next three months. And just to say, I wrote in that last little bit there as a side note that when making health and medical decisions, yes, it is important to stick with one course of treatment for a period of time that's long enough to know if it's going to work for you, but also simultaneously know that we are allowed to change our minds. I chose three months because this is how long I typically recommend that people commit to trying acupuncture and Chinese herbs to know if it's going to be an effective treatment choice for them. So after you've written the objective on top of the page, and remember that ours is decide on a course of treatment for my hot flashes for the next three months. So the first question you're going to answer for yourself is what are all of the options that are available to me? And then you'll write them down, all of these options. For example, I'm going to write down number one is pharmaceutical hormone replacement therapy, and number two is herbal supplements. Next, you're going to write down the answer to the question, what is the best case scenario outcome for each option? To continue with our example here, you might write down option one, it completely cures my hot flashes without any side effects or reoccurrences. And number two, it completely cures my hot flashes without any side effects or reoccurrences. Next, you're going to write down the answer to the question, what is the worst case scenario outcome for each option? So again, to continue with our example, you might write down option one, I might end up with negative side effects or long-term health implications, or I might make my symptoms worse and then I'll have to try another method. Option two, worst case scenario, I might end up with adverse effects, make my symptoms worse, or it might not work at all and I'll end up spending time and money and getting no results, and then I'll have to try another method. And of course, just to remind you that these answers do not represent my personal or professional opinion, this is for example only. Next, you're going to write down the answer to the question, what am I risking with each option? Your answers might include a list of potential risks and side effects from your prescribing physician or allied health professional. It might include things you've heard from others' experiences. It might come from medical literature. It might be something related to you personally or within your own relationship with your provider. So to give you an example of what I mean by this, some medical doctors might say, well, if you try herbal supplements, I won't feel comfortable with you also trying HRT, or I'll need you to be off all supplements for at least eight weeks before we try medication. And again, this is an example only and does not reflect my personal professional opinion. This is simply an example of feedback that some of my patients have received from their doctors. It doesn't mean one decision is better or more right but it needs to be taken into consideration as you make this decision. The next question I would like you to ask yourself is, if you knew there would be discomfort, risk, potential side effects, and negative emotions, and I would have to manage my mind around something in either option, which one would I choose? 
Another question I like to suggest that you take some time to answer is, am I willing to have my own back and be kind to myself, even if the worst case scenario happens, knowing that there is no way to know the outcome ahead of time? Answering questions like these can help give you more clarity. However, I want you to notice that there are potential upsides and downsides to every decision. There is potential for unwanted outcomes in each choice. And sometimes answering these questions will make an obvious choice arise, but most of the time it just helps further clarify that there is no correct decision because you won't know the outcome until you know the outcome because it has already happened. Which is why the last question is so important. Am I willing to have my own back and be kind to myself, even if the worst case scenario happens, knowing that there is no way to know the outcome ahead of time? And if the answer is yes, you cannot make a wrong decision, because the only way that it could be a wrong decision is if you make yourself wrong for making a choice that you made with the best of your ability using the information that you had available to you at the time. And before I close out this episode, I want to offer a few questions that you can ask yourself to help guide you into a good decision-making mindset. The first question is, how do I want to feel as I'm making this decision? When I'm personally making tough decisions, I want to feel steady. I want to feel confident. I want to feel brave. I want to feel self-supported. And just notice that I'm not necessarily naming feelings that feel great. Making hard decisions is hard. Being brave doesn't actually feel all that great. The next question is, what do you need to think in order to feel that? For me, if I want to feel something like self-supported, I need to be thinking, no matter what happens, I will keep going until I figure this out. To feel brave, I need to be thinking the risk of the worst case scenario is worth it to me to have the chance at the best case scenario. To feel steady, I need to be thinking I'm going to have my own back no matter what. And the last question to ask yourself is, what will I do if doubt and blame and negative talk arise, which they inevitably do? And this will be a highly personal answer but I would like to recommend that you decide ahead of time that when this happens, you will meet yourself with compassion. And for me, this comes from saying, I am doing the best that I can. If you want to download the worksheet where I've laid out all of these questions in a handy little printable PDF, you can sign up for the free starter kit. You can find that at michellekapler.com forward slash starter, and you can get free and instant access as soon as you sign up. All right, my friends, that's it for me this week. Thanks for listening. If you are loving what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take this work to a deeper level, let's work together. If you are a resident of Ontario, Canada, then we can work together in a clinical setting, both virtually or in person, to help you find a unique and customized treatment plan to alleviate your perimenopausal symptoms and get you the relief that you deserve using Chinese medicine. Or if you're looking for support with body image, confidence, advocating for yourself and seeking treatment, or just generally making your life as awesome as possible through this transition and beyond, I can help you anywhere in the world through coaching. To learn more about your options for working with me, head to michellecapla.com and click on work with me on the overhead menu. I can't wait to talk with you.